the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now, this is a church that exists to help people just like you. Find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. 10. And today we begin a brand new series called In This We Trust. As Pastor Sean's going to give you practical advice and biblical wisdom when it comes to your finances. With the bottom line being, are you trusting God with everything? And the challenge is, how would your life be different if God were in first place ahead of money, possessions, and other resources? Reallife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. But if you feel led right now to bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then please do. There's a place to give at reallife.org. It's part two of the message, In This We Trust. Pastor Sean is teaching from 2 Kings chapter 6 and Galatians 5. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio. Therefore, in other words, as a result of all this, do not be anxious, saying, what do we eat, what do we drink, or what should we wear? For the Gentiles, that was synonymous with the unbelievers, the people who don't believe in our God. The unbelievers seek after all these things, and look at this, this is the key, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, don't be anxious about tomorrow. Tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for that day is its own trouble. See, this is why Dave Ramsey says money issues are not money issues. They are people issues. Actually, what he says is they are you issues. They're you issues. I mean, look what Jesus said. He says, talked about the heart issue, a vision issue, an anxiety issue, a trust issue. And so the question that we're going to look at starting off today and throughout the series, who or what do you trust? The title of the series is in this we trust. What is it that we trust in? Who do you trust? See, if you're taking notes, write this down. Main point. Financial freedom begins by deciding who you trust. Financial freedom begins by deciding who you trust. This is one of those issues that in the, in the Word of God and Scriptures in our faith is a core issue. They're all important. Everything in the Bible is really, really important. But we understand there are like things that theologians will debate over and they'll have differing views on and one camp will think this one camp will think that and you know they can disagree and but they all believe in God and they all love Jesus and salvation in him and they're going to heaven right this is not one of those issues this is core this is central God created everything God loves you he cares for you and you can trust him he is faithful and trustworthy our salvation begins with, the, begins with the understanding. I can trust him to forgive my sin. I can trust him to fill me with his spirit. I can trust him to give me a new life. It begins with this idea. He is trustworthy. And, and what's interesting, you know, financial freedom begins by deciding who you trust. I want to suggest to you, we could just get rid of that word if we wanted to. All freedom begins by deciding who you trust. Freedom begins by deciding who you trust. Do I trust him. It's core. It's foundational to this faith walk of ours. 
There's a fascinating scripture in Mark chapter 6. Jesus is going to send his disciples out, and he's sending them two by two. You remember? He says, he's sending them before him, but they're going out. They're going to proclaim the kingdom of God. They're going to heal the sick. They're going to cast out evil spirits just like they'd watch Jesus do. But now they're going on their own. And so it's kind of a big deal. But what's fascinating is what else he tells them. This is verse 8 through 11, Mark chapter 6. He charged them to take nothing for their journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not put on two tunics. No extra cloak, no money, no clothes, no bag, nothing. And you're like, well, they never carried that stuff anyway. I've seen pictures of the New Testament. They walked around in robes with their hands extended gently, you know. <laughs> so they didn't need that. Why would Jesus say that? Okay, don't, artist renditions, okay, notwithstanding. Um, these are regular people. They're going on a journey. They had bags. They had money. They got extra money. They went by whatever the first century ATM was and got a little cash. They had money. They had food for the, tri- for the trip. They had bags. And you can almost see Jesus going and just one by one. Here, give me that backpack. You know, just let me take it off. There you go. You won't need that. Let me see what you got there. Come on, Judas. I know you got a little money in the pocket. Come on. I mean, he literally is telling them. And, and understand, if they didn't, if this wasn't what they would have naturally done, he wouldn't have needed to say it. They're just like us. They brought stuff for a trip. And he says, I don't want you to bring any of that. Why? Why would he strip them down? Because obviously, this is something that would be a bit of a challenge. This is like, well, we're going on this trip and we're going to be gone for a while. Why can't we bring anything? See, he wanted to teach them. Guys, not only you're going to go and you're going to teach the kingdom of God and you're going to minister the kingdom of God to people. But all the while, I'm going to be teaching you something. I'm going to be ministering something to you. I'm teaching you about the provision of God. I'm teaching you that you can trust him. Look what else he says. He says, don't bring anything else. He said to them, whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. What house? Didn't tell him. If any place will not receive you, they'll not listen to you. When you leave, shake off the dust that's on your feet as a testimony against them. And what's interesting is you know when they came back, if you've read the stories, you know they came back and they told Jesus awesome stories. And he was excited. He listened to them. Remember, I saw Satan falling. It was just a very powerful time of them telling God what what they did. And you know what's interesting? Not one of them starved. Because one of the core things he wanted to teach them is freedom. Freedom begins by deciding who you trust. And I'm going to teach you practically in this area of your needs, the basic needs of life. I'm going to teach you that you can trust your father. And we're going to put this to the test. And God passed the test with flying colors. What does it mean to really put your trust in something? How do you know when you've put your trust in something? Let me tell you something. When I was having such a hard time cutting up that credit card, I realized I'd put my trust in something. I had put my trust in something, and it wasn't the Lord. And that needed to be rooted out, not just out of my wallet, out of my heart. The problem was not in the wallet. The problem was in the heart. See, Jesus challenges us, I think, to learn trust in three very powerful ways in Matthew chapter 6. The first, I need to learn to trust God's intention for me. I need to learn to trust his intention for me. See, I, I grew up in church, and I read math chapters like Matt, uh, Mark chapter 6, where he sends them out and says, don't take any bag, don't take any money, don't take anything. I begin to think that's God's intention for me. If I'm going to be spiritual, I'm never going to have anything. He wants me broke. 
He wants me to have nothing. He wants me a little bit hungry kind of all the time, but boy, won't I be spiritual. I just want to say to you, that is, a, that is absolutely unbiblical. This was an exercise Jesus did to teach his disciples. This is not what he taught God's will. In fact, the scripture is consistent all throughout. God's desire is to bless us. God's desire is to prosper us. I love this passage of scripture. God's desire is to bless us with prosperity. Look what 3 John verse 2 says, Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. Now, I know he wants my soul to prosper. I got that part. But this is really good news that John is praying under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, by the way, that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health. Not just your soul, not just your spirit. God wants to prosper you in your marriage, in your family, in your work, your career, in your relationships, and in your finances. He wants to bless us with prosperity. Remember, he started his ministry with Abraham when he was going to do a work, the work of redemption through a family. Remember what he said? I'm going to bless you, Abraham, and you're going to be a blessing to the whole world. God's heart, his work with man began with this idea of blessing. God's favor poured out. He told Moses, I want to bless you. Psalm 1, you remember what Psalm 1, what, what the psalmist wrote? Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. And he will be like a what? Like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And listen, and whatever he does shall what? Prosper. Whatever he does shall prosper. Not just his spiritual stuff, but his whole life. God wants you to prosper. Now, I have to say, and I'm kind of surprised I have to say this, but there's been so much bad teaching in this area, I think, that it needs to be said. You do understand that prosperity, God wants you to, to have prosperity. That doesn't mean God is, wants to make everybody rich. Oh, what a disappointment. I was Because I had you. You were like, oh, this is good. Mm, John, preach that. God wants to prosper us regardless of how much or how little we have in the bank. And he is able to do that. This is not about us being rich. It is about us being prosperous and free, having enough. Not just, and let me tell you what I know the will of God is for you. God doesn't want to just give you enough to meet your needs. God wants to give you enough to meet your needs and so that you can be generous. So that you have something to share. Because it's a biblical instruction. And he wants to provide you not only enough to meet all your needs, but he wants to give you enough that you have extra. So that you have enough to share. That, I know, is the word of God. That is biblical. You can take that spiritually to the bank. And this is when we take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church, in this first message in the series called In This We Trust, which is available right now on the sermon page at reallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help others. Just find the Give tab at reallife.org. And Pastor Sean Azaro, now an author, invites you to check out his brand new book. 
302 Books, a division of Salem Media Group, presents A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life, Rediscovering the Gift of the Spirit, authored by Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Growing up in and around Pentecostal churches, I really learned to appreciate the role of the Spirit in the life of the believer. But I also saw what I considered to be imbalance and excess in some of our churches when it came to how we taught about the infilling. Now available at Amazon.com, Sean Azaro shares his most requested teaching and radio broadcast series in a devotional form, encouraging you to embrace the Spirit-filled life. I wrote in a devotional style to encourage readers to examine the Scripture with fresh eyes and make room for the Lord to speak about the role of the Spirit in our lives. The goal of the whole book is to simply make you hungry for more of the Spirit. Order your copy of A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life by Sean Azaro today at Amazon or reachingforreallife.org. And now the conclusion to the message, In This We Trust. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio. That's what prosperity means. Freedom. That's a second intention of God's heart for us. He wants us to be free. He doesn't want us to be in bondage, doesn't want us to be in debt, doesn't want us to be burdened, doesn't want us in bondage to, to our, retirement pro, our retirement plan. You know, you can be in bondage by debt. You can also be in bondage by having resources. Do you realize having a lot of resources can be a bondage of its own? why Jesus never said it's hard for the poor to enter the kingdom of heaven. He said it's hard for the rich because that can be a whole different kind of bondage where you're just always worried about how to keep it, what's going to happen, trying to protect it from other people. We are supposed to be free. I love this passage, Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. He wants us to prosper, and he wants us to be free. That is his will for us financially. And of course, lastly, his desire, his intention for me is that my life and my finances would have purpose and will make a difference in eternity. He doesn't want my finances just to be about survival. He has a purpose for us, and he wants our finances to be a blessing to us and to others and to have purpose in the bigger picture of God's work in the world. But see, financial freedom begins by deciding who you trust. Do you trust his intention for you and for your finances and for your life? Second thing, I need to decide if I trust God's competency. It's like, you actually wrote that on the screen? You should be struck down for that, Sean. It seems silly, doesn't it? Do I trust God's competency? The Alpha, the Omega, the Almighty, the Omnipotent One. Do I trust his competency? What are you talking about? I'm talking about the countless people I talk to all the time who instead of trusting what God says in his timeless word, they will trust unbelieving experts, advisors, or counselors over the time-tested word of God. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the all-the-time conversations we have, rubber meets the road, where I'm talking to someone about a marriage issue, and I'm like, well, here's what the Word of God says, so I want to encourage you. I know it's hard, but stand on the Word of God because He's always faithful. It's time-tested. God's never wrong in this. Just trust Him and do it. I know it's not easy, but I promise you it'll yield good fruit. Yeah, but I was reading this expert, and he said we should do this, or this blog, and she was really saying that we should do this, and, and you know, she's got a degree, It's from a community college, a wonderful community college. I'm just saying, the things I've heard people say, the reasons for not standing on the word of God, and it's like, what what are you talking about? I've seen it with parenting. I can't tell you, and this is one that hurts, because I watch parents making 
really big mistakes because this is what the experts say. This is what everybody's doing. This is what, what the school counselor said we should do. And it's direct contradiction to what the Word of God says. Yeah, but I, I need to get them this kind of scholarship, so I know we, we can't really be involved in this, so we're going to need to do this, we're going to need to do this, we're going to need to do this. But this, I read this book, and this is what they said. I'm like, you are going flying in the face of the timeless Word of God. And, and let me tell you, when it comes to this parenting thing, what the experts are getting us is not good. It is not good. I was reminded of this recently in Israel, of all places. Our guide, great guy, great guy, he excellent guide. His parents are from New Jersey, but they moved to Israel years ago to live there. And so he was raised in Israel. And so he's, but he talks like he's from New Jersey. So he's really, you know, he's a really fun guy. We got along great and very knowledgeable guide. If I, when I go again, I will, I will request him because he's just excellent. But as we got to talking, one of the things he does, he, he does, deals with youth groups as well as adult groups. And, and he deals with lots of groups from Brazil because he speaks Portuguese. He speaks Portuguese, English, Hebrew, and he deals with these Portuguese youth groups. He says you can always tell the Portuguese youth groups, or the, the Portuguese, the Brazilian youth groups. And, and he says because they, they get off the bus, one, there's a bunch of guitars, they all start singing, and two, there's a million soccer balls that never touch the ground. The whole time. And he's just cracking up, right? He says you can always tell them. And he says, and I can always tell the American groups too, because he does American young people that they'll take through. He says, yeah, they get off the bus and they start handing me their, their dietary restrictions and they can't eat this, they can't eat that. They can't. And here's their meds. They have to have their meds at certain and, and they can't really have a decent conversation with you because their face is in the screen the whole time. It was funny at first. And then I'm like, oh God, because I know exactly what he's talking about. He's, t- he's telling the truth. That's what the experts have got us. Do we trust God's competency to speak to us about our marriage, to speak to us about raising our kids, to speak to us about our finances? Do we trust him that he knows and that he wants to bless us, his intention, but also his competency to teach us how to have finances and have it be a blessing, not a curse? I've known lots of rich people. I grew up around a lot of rich people. And I saw finances in a whole lot of cases not be a blessing. But it seemed like it always had a, a hook, a curse with it. Do you believe that God can teach us how to have resources, even have abundant resources, and have there be no curse with it? See, that's what the Word of God talks about. I love this passage of Scripture. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. All your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Do not lean on the expert's understanding as opposed to God's. Now, please understand me. I'm I'm not saying that, that we can't learn from people who are educated or who have training or anything like that. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is when they contradict the Word of God, bank on the Word of God every single time. It is proven, tried, it yields good fruit any time it is truly lived out. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In your marriage, in your child raising, in your work, and in your finances. Lord, I acknowledge you. I trust you, God. And the promise, he will make straight your paths. If you feel like you're lost, you feel like you don't know what to do, that passage of scripture is a powerful promise. He is competent to care for you. I love this passage, Isaiah 40, 31. But they who wait, another translation, the actual literal word is they who hope, those who hope. But wait is a good translation, but it's in that context of, of waiting on the Lord, trusting in the Lord, hoping on the Lord. They who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Do you believe that? 
See, he is competent to teach you how to use resources in a way that blesses you and not, doesn't harm you. And I want you to say to know, and we're going to see this over the next few weeks, the Bible talks about work, it talks about money, it talks about savings, investment, generosity, all these different things. The Bible gives us guidelines on how to have those be a blessing in our life. See, financial freedom begins by deciding who you trust. Last thing, and here's kind of the bottom line, isn't it? Trust means seeing God as my provider. Trust means seeing God as my provider. That idea of God, our provider, is first really presented in Scripture in Genesis chapter 22. Powerful passage. It's when Abraham is asked by God to sacrifice his son Isaac. It's also the first time we hear the word worship used in the Scripture. Remember, he goes and he obeys the Lord, and when he and the boy are heading off, he tells the servant, stay here, the boy and I will go, and we will worship. It's the first time you see it in the Scripture. And it's in this connection with God's call for him to sacrifice his beloved only son, the boy of promise. And you remember, they're, going up the, they're walking up the mountain, okay, Mount Moriah. And, and Isaac's old enough to actually be carrying the wood. We're told Abraham has the boy carry the wood. He's carrying the wood, and he, he's also smart enough to go, Dad, we've got the wood, we've got the stuff to make a fire, we've got, you've got a knife, but where's the sacrifice? They've sacrificed before. He knew. We don't have sacrifice. And you remember Abraham's response? The Lord himself will provide. And they go on up. And what did Isaac feel as his father took him and he bound his hands? And he put him on an altar. Remember, he raised his hand to actually obey the Lord and sacrifice his son. And the Lord stopped him. And the angel Lord stopped him and said, I know, Abraham, where your heart is. I know that you fear. I know that you trust me more than anything. And because you did this, I am going to bless you. I'm going to bless you abundantly. And remember what happened then? There was a, in a thicket, caught in a thicket was a ram. And they sacrificed in worship to the Lord. And Abraham named the place, he gave the place a name. The name was Jehovah Jireh. The Lord who provides or the Lord will provide. That's what we're talking about. Do you trust him enough to put anything on the altar and say I trust it with the Lord because he is my provider? The Lord will provide. This is a powerful, powerful understanding. Remember Jesus' words, Matthew 6, this is 31 through 33. Therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat? God is your provider. Or what shall we drink? God is your provider. What shall we wear? Don't worry, God is your provider. For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And here's the the phrase. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Do you trust your provider? See, this is active. This is daily. A daily declaration, God, you're my provider. And you do understand, when I tell God he's my provider, that means, by logical conclusion, other things are not my provider. My job is not my provider. My company's not my provider. My boss is not my provider. You need, some of you need to hear that right now. That your job is your provision. It's your provision. But it's not your provider. And if your job goes away tomorrow, you understand your provider's still there. And he has different provision for you. That's the truth. You need to know that. Some of you are really worried about your retirement account. Your retirement account is not your provider. 
It is provision. I'm not saying you shouldn't faithfully participate in contributing to your retirement account. What I'm saying to you is you every day seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added to you. Trust him. Because the God who cares for you today will care for you when you're retired. He will care for you in your old age. Your spouse is not your provider. The government is not your provider. This church is not your provider. For those of us who work here, that's a really important thing for us to remember. This is our provision. It is not our provider. What what a game changer that is. Do you understand how secure you are, how it changes you when you decide right now, I'm going to be free because I'm going to decide to trust God as my provider. That's the truth. That'll change you. And what's fascinating is when, when you begin to get that in your spirit with these material things, which are so closely connected to our heart, so entwined with our heart because they are how we meet our needs and they're so personal. When we get it clear there, all of a sudden, this th- I've seen this thing radically transform people's faith so that now they begin to trust him in their work in a different way. They see their work differently. They see their home differently. They see their marriage relationships, their friendships, their, their family relationships, their kids. They see it all differently because they are secure because they trust that God is their provider. And no matter what happens with the economy or the, my company or whatever it is, no matter what happens... I'm secure because God is on the throne and he is good. That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. And if you'd like to hear this full message in the series, in this we trust, it's available right now on demand at reallife.org. And while you're there, we'd appreciate your feedback. You can leave us a note on our Contact Us page. Or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Find that Give tab at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Reaching for Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time as you travel the road to real life.